Carter. I'm Eloa. And I'm Erin. And if you don't know three black bitches who love true crime, you do now. This is the I Ain't a Killer podcast. Oh, yeah, we're back again. Yeah. <laughs> After technical difficulties. New year, new difficulties. We're here. Hello. <laughs> yes, accent. I hear you. Um, so, what did we say before? Oh, in case y'all are confused, we had to redo our beginning because of um, mic issues. But we were just saying how thankful we were that everybody was listening to us while we were gone on our break. Yeah. Um, yeah, and yeah, we got more awesome. followers on Instagram and all that. Yeah, that's so dope. Yeah. We love y'all. And we'll never stop being excited. Never. <laughs> 3,000. Oh, my God. 500. Oh, my goodness. The group chat be lighting up. <laughs> yeah, that's so fun. I wonder why different countries are going to start listening to us next. Because we just started gaining. We have, like, four listeners in Germany now. Really? Yeah, I forget stuff. to look at the map. I love looking at the map. That's, like, my favorite thing to do. I'm like, okay, I see you. Australia. We got one or two of y'all over here. Like, like how'd y'all find us? I mean, I guess the internet works weird, but yeah. I'm like, how? That is random. You know what's also, like, amazing to me? That folks in other countries, almost, I mean, a lot of folks in other countries know English. Mm-hmm. Like, they know their language from their country, and then they also know English. And we don't know shit. Like, I am <laughs> I'm jealous. The, ba- the most basic of basic. I barely know English. I, hate <laughs> I was listening to a story on NPR about the tension in uh, Russia and Ukraine, and they had, like, a bunch of Ukrainian people they were interviewing. Mm-hmm. Man, when I tell you perfect English and then like barely any accent, I was like, how? how? But they also speak Russian. They also speak the native language in Ukraine. I'm uh-huh. like, wow, like what a world. Yeah, like, exactly. Not live in a, what do you call it? A U.S. centric, like yeah. ethno-nationalist. Or, yeah. I don't know what the country is. It's just so isolated. And our education is isolated too. It's like everything here is white American or a bus right mm-hmm. no, nothing about nobody else and like built around this idea that we don't need anything else we don't need any other cultures any other ideas like, we have a word for that no, I'm forgetting it too and I'm gonna remember it when we're not on the podcast I know we're I feel like I'm we so much smarter when I'm not recording <laughs> <laughs> just trust that we're smart and we know the word believe me please if I find it if I find it out during the podcast when somebody recording I'm like I know the word now I don't about to like they fall and start googling <laughs> right um but yeah that's why I'm trying to learn Spanish though. Oh Duolingo. yeah, Duolingo. Yeah, just be consistent. It's so I'm trying. trying. And then you got to go like live in uh, a Spanish-speaking country for a little while. I don't know about all that. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they say you get fluent. Is you just like engulf yourself in it yeah. and you don't speak anything. I'm gonna else. just give me some Spanish-speaking friends and so go to brunch. <laughs> Mimosa. Yeah. I learned because I used to work in kitchens and in the kitchen is mostly Latino folks. Yeah. And they would just clown me for not knowing. <laughs> so I'd be like, okay, cool. How you say that? How you say that? How you say that? And then after a while, I started getting good at it. So I'm like, okay, cool. Y'all gonna teach me real Spanish then. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when I get up out of here, you know, it's not just kitchen Spanish. So yeah, that's how I learned. I feel um, like I know like vocab words, you know, from mm-hmm. school because yeah. I took it all the way through and then some in college, but I can't like. Have, I'm not going to be able to have a conversation with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I started Duolingo, I knew a lot more than I realized. I was able yeah. to test out a lot of the basic vocabulary, but I cannot hold any time. No. Of I can no. order another mimosa, though. <laughs> Yo necesita un mas. Thank you very Thank you. much. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Yeah. 
<laughs> Can we check the thing that says our podcast is in two languages now? <laughs> no, that's probably not even right. <laughs> No, 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 okay. no, I mean, conversation. I feel like the only thing, like you said, once you get some Spanish speaking friends, you'll be in there. So yeah, because they will teach you how to say certain phrases, and then you'll just be in there. Right. Any audience members that want to practice Spanish with me, um, let me know. I'm really bad, but <laughs> thanks anyway. But they have heart, and that's what matters. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> okay, so our current and crime this week is kind of heavy. I already warned the crew, but I'm warning y'all now. Um, so trigger warning for, I guess, vehicular manslaughter. Mm. Um, I'm reading an article from the New York CBS local. It was, oh, this is actually from last year. So maybe there's some, um, an update on it. I just saw this article this morning though. So a New York transit bus driver, please not guilty to dragging passenger who later died. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm going to give you all a quick overview. But it's uh, centering a 34-year-old woman who was a bus driver. Her name is Fayola Howard. And basically, she was driving the New York Jersey, not New York, New Jersey Transit bus. And uh, they were at a stop. Someone got off the bus and left their purse on the bus. And so these two older guys were like, wait, you left your purse? And like ran off the bus to give the purse back to the person. Mm -hmm. So the one friend made it back onto the bus. The other friend got his arm caught in the bus. He's 55 years old. No. Yeah. And she pulled off. As she's pulling off, of course, the friend who got off the bus with the guy initially was like, no, you got to stop the bus. Like, my friend's being drugged. And then there's, like, five standards that are screaming. And there are people on the bus screaming, like, stop. This person's being dragged by the bus. Stop the bus. Stop the fucking bus. She doesn't stop the bus. And then she cuts a corner, and he gets pulled under the bus and, like, run over by the back. Wait. Yeah. I think it was, like, this is left or something that got ran over. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, But then he later died. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, They no. said at first he was, like, basically running full speed next to the bus, like, trying to... Right. Yeah. Not fall you. under the bus, basically. But, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, and... Why didn't she stop? And that was my question. So, I'm going to look up, look this up and see if there's any updates since this article is from last year. But she had already had a international flight planned to Trinidad. I don't know if she's Trinidadian or not. That would make sense. But um, she already had a flight planned and tried to get on the plane. To go to Trinidad, like after this happened, so of course she got arrested, and they were like, "Bitch, what the fuck? Right. Yeah. No man, I'm not leaving the country." You know what you did? Somebody died, yeah. and yeah, that was the judge's question. He was like, "You know, like why? Why would you just stop?" Um, yeah, so I mean, I'm googling right now, looking for an update on the article, and I guess you know, there's been all kinds of delays because of COVID and things like that. So there's not really an update, but I believe she is still in jail. Um, While you look that up, though, I just want to say. Bus drivers do shit like that. It's like a, I don't know. It's like a fuck you to all of the riders and stuff like that who for treating didn't make that. it. Yeah, who uh, like, or people who didn't make it to the stop. Like, like for instance, um, you're supposed to be there at the bus stop with like five minutes before they pull up, and you're not supposed to leave anything on the bus. And da, da, da. so I was like. Well, you should have you should have got your shit while you was on the bus. It's kind of like one of those things of like you should have been earlier. Fuck that shit. Because everybody like stop. It's somebody. It's somebody yeah. running next to the bus. Like stop for them so they can get on the bus. Mm-hmm. So when she heard them screaming, I'm not trying to take up for her because mm-hmm. you should have stopped. I hate when bus drivers do that, but it's like mm-hmm. it, it sounds like she was kind of like just being like, well, they should have been here. You know, they running next to the bus. I mean, shit, you should have been here early. I gotta go. I gotta yeah. schedule to keep up. With I mean, you. and the thing know. is, like, I understand that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm you know, you're trying to do your job. If you wait on at one stop 
you're going to be late to the next. Like, I understand, like, the logic behind that. Obviously, in certain situations, it's like, just fucking stop. But this is, this seems like a step up from there. Like, maybe it started that way. Yeah. But, like, why? That doesn't make any, like, why would you continue and then hit a curve? Yeah. Knowing that somebody was going to be up under your bus. Yeah. Everybody. People outside. Everybody on the bus. Yeah, I mean, it is a truly unfortunate circumstance all around but i i mean i get what both of y'all are saying are like bus drivers and i'm sure their jobs fucking suck and they're always like frustrated like anybody who works for the city i can imagine is right just over over it but i do wish that we all just had a little bit more compassion and empathy for Something. one another like, or like i would you know, never pull off like fuck no what if they what if they're one like demerit away from getting fired from their job they got four kids and they they man just left and they need to get on the bus so they can be on time to work like that or kind of like shit. Yeah. you know bus drivers know what's going on they saw that per- them run off the bus trying to give this person their, their purse. purse like yeah. you knew what was going on so yeah. that doesn't make any fucking sense and then someone died as a as a result like it's, it's never that deep even if you hit a corner like if you've ever been on the bus and you see like how buses hit corners if there's somebody running next to the bus hitting the windows you have to slow you you gotta slow down or you're just gonna you gonna hurt somebody yeah right so it's kind of weird so even if she thought that that was happening that's just like yeah. but yeah it just goes to i don't know and i mean the man was 55 yeah, yeah. that's not old but i mean yeah. old enough I mean, it's not, it's not, old. <laughs> yeah, it's not <laughs> but it's not like you're a young, sprightly person that can just 19 year old track star. jog right. 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 And, you, and you go into the Olympics or for track, maybe to pull your arm out of the right. bus door or whatever was going on. Right. I can't imagine also being like on the bus and like seeing that happen out the window. Right. Like I would be inconsolable. That's like, remember when Kay was telling us about when there was a, um, one of the windows in an airplane got like. All right, y'all, we'll be right back after we pay some bills. Are you a huge cunt? Us too. Wait, can we even say cunt? Of course. It's empowering these days. Cunt, 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 cunt. I'm Ange Ballastone, a.k.a. the drag queen, Fat Girl Gina. And I'm Mike Fails, just a normal gay guy, I guess. And we're the hosts of The Big Cunty Couch, a gorgeous new talk show podcast where we invite queers and peers to sit, bitch, and be fierce on a huge-ass couch while we gab about all things gay. So come get cozy and cunty with us. We're pan for platforms, so find us anywhere online and get listening, sweetie. Or watching. Or both. Otherwise, why the hell am I in full drag? And we'll see you on The Big cu- Oh, wait. I thought we were going to say that together. No. On <laughs> The big cutty couch. Remember that? Oh yeah, and the person got decapitated, and they were they had and they had, had to ride with the body. Yeah, ride the bar, and they had to leave the body in the window. Otherwise, so like, no one else got sucked. Oh, oh my god, god. is that a real story? I don't even. Want I don't to know. Bitch, put me in first class. I don't hit me right here. Oh, oh my god! Stop the plane. I'm sorry, that was so pull, random. Pull over. <laughs> pull over. Pull over. Fright the fuck now. I'm trying to take a bitch around. <laughs> pull up next to another plane so I can see. I mean, they, they, they uh, land planes because somebody's not wearing a fucking mask. You can land a plane over there. Because it's a dead fucking body, right? <laughs> Please. Well, I, I mean, wear, wear your mask, people. Wear your mask. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Which airline was it, though? I don't know. <laughs> Kay told us this damn story. Yeah. We got to look it up to see if it's real, y'all. <laughs> she might have been trolling. Our friend and been trolling us. So don't yeah. take that for fact. I was just finding similarities. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. But yeah, that's the current crime. When we have an update on it, I'll definitely let y'all know. I just thought that was really wild. Because, like, damn, all she had to do was stop the bus. Yeah. And... 
And I'm guessing, like, I mean, bus drivers don't make, like, a super, you know, ton of money, too. Yeah. So, no. at the time, she was probably stressed out. Right. And she was just trying to, you know, like, keep it moving and do her job. And, I don't know, that flight to Trinidad was probably, like, her one vacation per mm-hmm. year or some shit like that. She was probably, you know, stressed out and ready to go. So, yeah. it's just, I don't know, it's just a sad situation. It truly is. Because, I mean, the bus driver's black. She's a black woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't mention that. But, I mean, it's just, yeah. It's really sad. Mm, okay. Yeah, I told y'all it was heavy. I gave <laughs> you a warning. That was a heavy one. But the, the story for this week is uh, it's kind of I don't know if I call it fun. It, it's given scam goddess. It's given Joanne the scammer. It's given Joanne know, the scammer. A liar. A scammer. A messy bitch who lives for drama. <laughs> I love robbery and fraud. <laughs> I love him. Right. Yes. We'll be back. Hey, what's the scam? <laughs> what does scam gotta say? I forget. I haven't listened to her podcast in a little while. I love that podcast. If y'all are interested in a podcast that talks specifically about scams and has a fun, upbeat host, please check out Scam Goddess. I love um, Diva Lacey. She's so cute. On. She's so cute. She's on That's the I new. Carly. That's a, oh, is it iCarly? I think it's yeah, iCarly. Yeah. Not yeah. That's a Raven. <laughs> Not Raven's own. Oops. <laughs> She's really dope. She has a different host every week and features a different story. And it's good. I gotta get back into it. I done fell off all my podcasts. Yeah, I didn't start. Yes. But today we have our own scam queen. <laughs> um the story has okay, so this just a heads up. We did record the story once before. It was actually the very for, first episode we recorded. One I yeah. think so. One yeah. of them yeah, at least. Like one of, because we the first time we recorded we did two episodes. Yeah. yeah. And um but the quality was as you can Trash. imagine. Complete <laughs> shit. <laughs> we all sat around one mic and thought that was gonna give. <laughs> Uh, and it did not. Um, <laughs> no interface. No, no, no mixer. No nothing. It's kind of like, oh my god. No equipment. Just vibes. Oh my gosh. We had well, we were sipping yeah. water. We were Ooh, yeah, dogs going all around the house. It was crazy. Um, but we have since learned, and also since forgot a lot of the details of the story. So uh-huh. I'm hoping we'll enjoy it just as much the yeah. second round. Um, <laughs> so the trigger warnings for um, the story are child abuse um, and murder and like I guess desecration or dismemberment of a body mm-hmm. um, but other than that it's just a good scammy time so <laughs> <laughs> early life um, so this story revolves around a woman named Sante Singers. And I feel like the last time I told the story, I kept mispronouncing her name. I would say Sante and then Santi. So I'm going to stick with Sante, even though there's no accent on E. She was born July 24th, 1934. She's a Leo. And it's giving Leo the entire time mm-hmm. in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Oh, wow. She was the third of four children. Her mom was from Illinois and she was Dutch and her father was from East India and came to the U.S. through Canada. So... When it comes to San, I already forgot how it's pronounced. I think it's said Sante. Sante. Sante is cuter. Sante. It is to me. I'm making her black. <laughs> um, so when it comes to Sante's early childhood, there's a lot of conflicting stories. Um, there's a lot of conflicting stories because, as you can imagine, she grew up to be a liar. Um, but 
Her most notable claim was that her father was like a farmhand or a laborer who abandoned their whole family, and then her mom had to be, uh, turn to sex work and neglected her and all her siblings. So, Sante's sister actually claimed that their dad died of heart disease and that their mother took on domestic labor to care for the children. So, like, she became a maid or whatever. Um, due to the long hours, the other children were put in charge of the younger ones. And Rita, the younger sister, claims that her older sister, Sante, and our older brother, Karim, had an inappropriate relationship, which... Um, in an interview, she says that her sister would often sit on her brother's lap while he would touch her inappropriately. So she also describes that her brother had a violent temper to the point where he would abuse their mom and eventually just ran away altogether. Their older sister ran away later as well, so that leaves two kids behind, Sante and then another sister. Once she and Sante were the only children left in the house, Rita says that her sister used that opportunity to begin abusing her. So Rita notes that Sante enjoyed hurting smaller kids and animals, which we all know is like yeah, <laughs> the first sign that yeah, something is amiss. Um, for example, she would stick pins in the family goats while they were tied up, and like this was something she kind of did to pass the time. So like they'd be tied to the fence and couldn't go anywhere, and she would just prick them. Oh wow, that, that is horrible. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's more than one account of Sante hurting other small children. A former classmate said that she would light a match and make him hold it between his toes until the flame burned down to his skin. Oh my god. Yeah. What do you mean make him? What? I mean, he was smaller what? than her, I imagine. Oh. So she was just like... How do you I hold a match in your toes? I guess you just squeeze you it. You don't ever like try to pick things up with your feet or like hold things? Air <laughs> normal. No. <laughs> I do not do that. I pick things up with my feet all the time. I have very dexterous toes. I, was like, I, I pick up stuff with my feet all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't I, think the floor, I have little, little short little fat toes. <laughs> Little sausages. I'm going to show you later how well I can pick things up with my feet. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, by 1942, so she's born in 1934. This is 1942. She's eight years old. Um, she reports having been molested by several different adults. So there are varying reports again about like what was true and what wasn't, but this claim was like backed by professionals at a certain point. So she did go through that. So, despite the reasons why the kids ended up in foster care, their mom was able to visit them eventually while they were in foster care. During one visit with the kids, um, she took them and ran off to California. So, she was like, actually, I'm just going to take my kids back. Um, and these are just the two younger kids, so mm -hmm. Sante and her sister. And then she found work in a factory and was able to, like, live in the factory where she was working as well. She kidnapped the kids? Yeah, she, she kidnapped okay. her own kids. She was like... No, we're going to be a family. Um, which, I mean, I kind of get the state will take your kids for any and every reason and then make it hell to get them back. I can't imagine what it was like in the 40s. Mm -hmm. um, Sante started to act out at this point. She's like spiraling out of control. She would have these quote unquote rages that her mother couldn't control. So it sounds like a step up from a temper tantrum. And she would do whatever she like could to get her way, basically, like just lash out and flail about and scream and yell. So she's like 12 at this time, and her mom feels like she can no longer control her daughter's behavior. It's like gotten that bad. So in 1947, at 13, she was adopted by Edwin and Mary Chambers and moved to Carson City, Nevada. Um, the people who adopted her were white, and as we established, she's Indian and white. Mm -hmm. um, but because her name was ethnic-sounding, she got picked on. So she changed it to Sandra Chambers and started going by Sandy. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. And what, she was just a tan white person? Yeah, I mean, if you... So we'll talk about this later. She got compared to... um, What was the woman's name? There's a famous white woman that she was compared to later on when she was, like, scamming. Mm -hmm. So she was on the lighter end Mm -hmm. of the spectrum. Because I'm like, they bullied her for her name, but not for, like, looking. looking. Yeah, but if she was more white passing... I guess she was just giving, like, spicy white. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you make fun of other white people? We ain't got a shot. (laughs) Um, kids suck yeah they do so after being attended i mean after being adopted she attended high school in carson city nevada um her adoptive family was well off so like she didn't really want for anything but there is speculation that her adoptive father did abuse and rape her repeatedly Mm. i know that's highly possible because i was i was so close to saying you know i think people who adopt older children Mm -hmm. there's like I admire that, but I take it back. I mean, I admire good people that adopt yeah. older children. It's just really That's scary. Horrible. Like that. This is a whole other tangent. I could go on for hours, but just the fact that children literally have no rights, like right. almost no rights, mm-hmm. and right. it's right. so difficult to advocate for yourself, even if you aren't adopted. Because I know I even tried to get um, emancipated when I was in high school, and mm-hmm. that was incredibly difficult and never came to fruition. And so, like, if you're adopted, it's, I'm sure, like, just be grateful for being adopted. Yeah. Are, do, are they able to be like, no, I don't want to be adopted by these people? I highly doubt it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And she was only 13 at this time. Right. So, and had already, like, established, like, bad behavior on right. record. Mm-hmm. Um, but she had, you know, like I said, everything she wanted to the latest in fashion. She took horseback riding lessons, all the things. She was said to be really, really pretty. She was active in school. She got good grades. She wrote for the school newspaper. She was in school plays. Um, you know, all the good things, seemingly. Um, but she was also described as aggressive, bossy, and boy crazy, which, I mean... That's not like a bad bitch. Right? Right? Yeah, she's not like a bad bitch. <laughs> it's honestly giving Regina George. It's giving y'all are jealous. <laughs> <laughs> she's boy crazy. So she be pulling. Right. <laughs> I see it. She did get arrested for shoplifting at 16, um, which, you know, clearly she was doing it for the thrill because mm. her family had money. Um, so, you know, she did get into some little mischievous things, I guess. After graduating from high school, she moved with her best friend, Ruth, to Sacramento. And they eventually moved to San Francisco and then Santa Barbara over the next couple of years. So we're fast forwarding to her early 20s. In, 19, in 1955, at 21, she opens a department store credit card in her best friend Ruth's boyfriend's name. <laughs> I know that was a lot. I'm going to repeat it. So she opens a department store credit card in her best friend's boyfriend's name. Beat. Ask <laughs> And this was in the 50s? Yes. Because I'm like, they okay. went, credit yeah. was, I mean, it was easy to open a credit card back then. It I was new, it was right? someone's name. Yeah. yeah. But then she completely disappeared. <laughs> With the card? With the card. <laughs> of course. Um, so, fast forward to the next year. She convinces a man by the name of Lee Powers to marry her by saying she was pregnant. Supposedly, it turns out she wasn't. I say supposedly just because, who knows? She could have been pregnant, yeah. Miss K, whatever. Right. Um, but their marriage only lasted three months. Um, so then after that, she got bored. She left Lee. She married a guy she had been on and off with since high school named Edward Walker and had her first son named Kent. Their marriage was on again, off again. And it was between the years of 1957 and 1969. So Edward was involved in real estate and development. So over the years, a number of houses, quote unquote, mysteriously burned down and of course, insurance files were claimed by Sante. Supposedly, Edward was unaware of the fraud, but 
There's nothing that says definitively one way or the other. I feel like, <laughs> I mean, after number two or three. Well, we're about to get into the details of it and we'll we'll see if y'all think that Edward like was in on it or not. <laughs> also, you could get away with so much shit back in the day. Yeah. Like, how could she file for the claim on his, on his name? That don't even make sense. I mean, I'm sure Ruth's boyfriend was also wondering how the hell he got. <laughs> I don't know. It was fucking. I'm sorry. It just don't. Because, like, you know his information. But what information were they asking for, really? Don't they ask for, like, social or something? Name and address, I don't probably. Unless the 50. We should do some research and then figure that out. Yeah. I, I think it was fucking. And then, like, he probably, I don't know. Pay for some shit. It's giving Shauna. Gay, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. From Yellow Jacket. Yes! I don't know if you're listening Yellow Jacket. <laughs> My bad. No, 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 no. We, we can tell them what it's about. It's like episode one. They'll be all right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no. Definitely. So, in 1960, she commits her first act of insurance fraud and sets fire to her own house. She destroyed her kitchen and collected a $10,000 check. In 1960, I'm sure $10,000 was a whole lot of money. Uh-huh. She was 26 at this point. Um, and in the same year, she was arrested for stealing a hair dryer and changes her name back from Sandra to Sante. She also commits her next act of insurance fraud by suing her insurers and claiming $6,000 more. So, she clearly knows how to navigate you know, the insurance company. Yeah, really well. In 1963, she ends up in the paper as an adulteress because she had had apparently been sleeping with one of Ed's clients since the fall of 1961. And it was in the paper? My girl's name in the paper. Is this the fucking Scarlet Letter? What the fuck? They said, she's a hoe. She made the news for everyone to know. Yes. I mean, what? Like, honestly... If the story had ended differently, I would stand. <laughs> um, so, also in 1963, she arranged to have her Sacramento home burned down for another check. Then, in 1964, she's 30 years old, she moves to Burbank, California for a fresh start. So, she goes on to open several credit cards in many different names and amasses $20,000 in debt and was eventually charged with 17 counts of grand theft. She begins dating a man named Clyde, who was also about that scam life. And in 1966, they stole a bunch of valuable things, drove them to Clyde's house, stashed them there, and then burned down the house to collect the insurance check for not only the house, but all the stolen items that were inside. Wow. Wow. Which is smart. Diabolical. Diabolical. Yes. Um... They also lit a fire in the house Sante's ex-Ed had gifted her to collect more insurance money. So there was a lot of ongoing drama between Sante and Clyde and Ed and his new girlfriend, which is not really super relevant to the story, but I did read at some point Sante did attack Ed's girlfriend in a parking lot and was quote-unquote dragging her around by her hair, and I just felt like everyone needed to know that. This bitch is amazing. <laughs> a menace about that action on every level. So, in 1971, she met Kenneth Kimes, who was super wealthy. And this is how she ends up with the last name that will be on this episode um, and that she's known by. So, Kenneth was known to be, like, really care- careful with his money. You know how rich people are. They mm-hmm. don't play about who has access to it. They're usually, you know, fairly cheap. You know, not just... Let in it just because they know how hard it was to get that shit. Yeah, and how quickly it can be taken away. Mm-hmm. So it's rumored that after being divorced, 
before meeting Sante, he made it known that he would never marry again and intended to leave all of his wealth to his children and his children only. Um, so it's still not known for certain whether he and Sante were ever legally legally married despite her taking on his last name. So by 1972, Sante decides that Kent her son that she had previously is not old enough to join her in the life of crime and she has him start sneaking into people's houses to steal things for her he was 10 mm-hmm. at this point in time 10? 10 I mean he's limbery small oh no he wouldn't do that much time if he got caught um, this same year she founds Kiosk Forum of Men Incorporated and basically from there finesses her way into the upper society of D.C. so Kiosk from what I could gather, prints like banners and flyers and like swag and things like that. Okay. In 1970, basically. basically. In 1974, she even got so far as to be photographed at several White House parties and featured in the Washington Post um, because she got caught up lying, telling people she was Native American, but bragging to others that she was like some kind of government official. She was just telling different stories throughout the night, basically just to get attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and then people started talking to each other and being like, did you meet such and such? Yeah, I did say it. And then they were like, hold up. Oh, Who was yeah. this? Um, in 1975, their son, Kenneth Karam Combs, was born. It's very confusing because her first son's name is Kent. Her husband's name is Kenneth. And then their new son is named Kenneth Karam Combs. KKK. <laughs> Never would have put that together. Is it? Or is there a C in there? No, it is. It's three K's. Oh, bitch. It is three K's. Oh, my God. But no, she's from Cali, though. They be acting ignorant about the stuff. They do. He's like, all K's cute. Not Kardashian. Triple K. So, hold on. Was the KKK active in the West? Because then, bitch, you know. There's a lot of research to be done, basically. Because outside of LA, isn't it like Trump country? So, I'm trying to figure out, like... I don't know anything about the West. I feel like even if it wasn't active, like, you know what the KKK are. That's true. Like, the newspaper posted that you were cheating. They yeah. post about the KKK. And it's 1975. Yeah. I mean, the civil rights movement has, like, yeah. been active and all that. Interesting. Um, and then she was pretending to be indigenous? Native American? At, in D.C. Like, that's just what she, I mean, I guess she could pull it off because she had dark features and dark hair and stuff. And she thought that would give her clout. I guess, child. She will be living in the TikTok era where they love exotic dark white bitches. Yeah. <laughs> Not dark white. Anybody who can cosplay Ooh. as like Actually, somebody. she would have thrived yeah, right man. now. And she slicked out her baby hairs? It's about Stop. Get some boxer braids. <laughs> um, so she called her new son Kenny. Um, that's his, like, his little family nickname. So also in 1975, the whole family moves to Hawaii for a fresh start, of course. No. Oh. Once again. As Kent, the older son, gets older, he is less and less with the shit. So, like, he's like, I don't want to do crime no more, Mom. He runs away and stays with his father on several occasions, who was eventually awarded custody. In 1978, um, Sante burns down their Hawaii house. (laughs) This time, the firemen were like, yeah, this is definitely arson. But for whatever reason, the insurance company still paid out on the claim. So, she didn't learn a single lesson. Um... Yeah, that was very well to me. In 1979, the Combs family then moved to Las Vegas. Wow, Las Vegas. He's talking in Spanish. <laughs> yes, you know I'm learning Espanol. <laughs> Isn't Las Vegas already Spanish? Yeah. 
Um, but they moved to Las Vegas to start over again. So this same year, Kent, the older son, reports his mother to the police for modern-day slavery of her housekeepers, but initially nothing comes of it. I did forget to include this in the trigger warning. So um, going forward, we'll be talking a little bit about just the story of her holding people against their will. Okay, so she was holding people against her will. Obviously, she could afford to pay them. She had plenty of money, and so did her husband. And she would reportedly target undocumented Latinx people who were less likely to go to the authorities due to their desire to stay in the country. Um, Apparently, she would lock them inside while she was away and didn't allow them to wear shoes because it got so hot in Vegas that it would be almost impossible for them to walk or run barefoot on the pavement. So, like, even if they could get out, they couldn't run away because they had shoes. That's horrifying. Yeah. Um, She was also accused of keeping the domestic workers, like, personal papers from them. So, like, whatever documentation they did have, she would lock it away. She would physically abuse them and even burn one of the victims with an iron. Um, And, you know, Kent tried to report this, but they really didn't take it seriously in the beginning. So, in 1980, she was arrested for stealing a mink coat. Several minks were later found in her possession all with the identifying tag seemingly carefully removed with a razor blade. So at this point, she's evading court for charges um, of for, for five years by forging doctor's notes, requesting several continuances and other lies. So basically she has been like called to court, but she's like, no, I got this doctor's note. I can't. I'm sick. I got cancer. I don't know. Whatever. And does that for five years. She was convicted of grand larceny, but since she wasn't present in court, Due to an illness that was corroborated by a doctor's note, her lawyer argued that the conviction was unlawful and it was overturned. Like, the finesse is just in her blood. She forged a note? Yeah. And didn't come to court. So the lawyer was like, she's not here, so you can't. Like in high school? Basically. (laughs) Excused absence. Um, So finally, in 1985, her and her husband were arrested on 17 charges of involuntary servitude and transporting undocumented folks. So what? So the husband was in doing it and stuff. He was at least aware that these people were there and right. couldn't leave. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, I don't know how involved he was in like kidnapping people or like any of the abuses or things like that, but he knew that something was going on. After being arrested, Sante climbs through a bathroom window in the jail and dips out yet again. Eventually, the feds catch up with her, and she's convicted of 14 counts of slaveholding, escaping from prison, and transporting undocumented folks. And she was sentenced to five years. That is it? That, that is it. That is it. For slavery? For, for, for literal for modern-day slavery. And again, this is in 1985. And these are the same governments who are like, we need to be tough on crime. Right. Crime, crime bills. And My girl has a fucking criminal record as long as a CVS receipt. Exactly. And y'all get for five years. <laughs> right. For holding human beings. For and torturing them. And torturing. Literally they torturing. They can make out with a dime bag of weed. It's a wrap. Right. And war on drugs. Yeah. And it's all oh, like, the crack epidemic. Like, all this shit. Right. Yeah. And the same. Um, but like you said, the dark whites. Hmm. So in 1989, she gets out and runs up $10,000 in credit card debt before her family even knows that she's been released from prison. <laughs> <laughs> in whose name? 
In whose name? Ruth's what did you get? Where did you put it? Like ten thousand dollars? What did you buy? You did just you buy got out of jail. You don't have nowhere to go. Yeah. What did you buy? Did she buy a nine thousand dollar coat and then like a thousand dollar bracelet? Like what's really going on? I don't know. But she said I have the urge to spend, so she went straight to the Macy's and got her credit card. <laughs> she said I need some nice new things. Um, in 1990, the year I was born, um, she hired someone to burn down her home in Honolulu again because the lien against it was going to cost her and her husband $900,000 when they wanted to sell it. Which I kind of get, but... <laughs> I love like capitalism, but yeah, right. it is. Damn, like... Oh, she's be burning down his houses. <laughs> that same year, she hired someone to burn down her lawyer's office because he had paperwork that could incriminate her. This is when it gets kind of hectic. She then proceeded to murder the person she hired to commit this arson because he confessed to a friend what he had done. So, girl, she was like sitting in the back seat and he was sitting in the passenger seat and she hit him in the head with a hammer. Oh, no. Yeah. And his body was never recovered. What? It didn't say he was driving, but I'm going to go ahead and assume it was one of her sons. And I'm going to assume, well, I don't know how old Kenny is at this point, but it's got to be someone who's already in cahoots with her and like knew the kind of things so if the body was never recovered that means they found this out through an interview like through her saying that yeah so we'll get to it but eventually she does end up um being detained again (laughs) (laughs) um so in 1992 ken and sante moved to the bahamas for another first start and then two years later, Ken, her husband, dies of an aneurysm, and Sante begins her long battle to claim his money. So recall that we said that he said he was never going to give his money mm-hmm. to anyone other than his kids. Right. So she's like going back and forth with all his children about his money. In 1996, Sante meets up with Syed. Bilal Ahmed to discuss Ken's bank accounts and financial affairs, after which he was never seen again. Sante was? Or the. the- Syed. Syed. Oh, so no. she met up with um, this person. I don't know if he was an accountant or like an executive of the state or what, but he had to do with kids' bank accounts. And then they had a meeting, and then there's no more science. How is she disappearing? These niggas like she got somebody to help her because they yeah, like, has to. I don't know how big she is, but I know the bitch can't carry no grown ass man. Like, <laughs> no, listen, she could be like a homegirl from Encanto. She was oh yeah, she wasn't. In 1992, <laughs> Ken and Sante moved to. Oh wait, no, I already said that. In 1998, Sante burns down the Las Vegas house for another insurance check. She then sends her son Kenny to kill David Cadson because he threatened to turn them in for burning it down. Kenny shot him and dumped him in a dumpster. I thought he didn't want to crown no more. That was Ken. Is, yeah, that's the older son. Kenny's oh, this is the, the baby, baby. One. Younger oh, one. I mean, no. it's 1998 now, so he's, he's, he's an grown. adult. But, yeah. Oh, he got that life. He, got, he then got roped up into the murders from yeah. Mommy Darius. So, in June 1998, Kenny rents an apartment from a New York socialite, widow and former ballerina Irene Silverman, under a false name of Manny Guerrero. Irene was said to be an eccentric older woman who loved to entertain. She rented out rooms in her mansion, not because she needed the money, because she was super wealthy, but because she just wanted people around. Like, her husband had died, her mother died, and she had inherited all this, like, money. Oh, Yeah, it just, yeah. Um, The Silverman home was one of the most expensive in the city. So, this is in New York, and her house is big enough for her to just rent out rooms for fun. Not because she needs the money. So, you know that house was, like... And she made it being a ballerina? 
No, she didn't make the money being a ballerina. What happened was she was a ballerina when she was younger, and then she met her husband while she was a dancer, mm-hmm. and he was super, super wealthy. Okay. And so she just inherited all his money. But apparently they had, like, a really lovely marriage and, like, loved each other and all that. And she was, like, super, um, she was, like, an entertainer. They would always have, like, dinner parties and people over and things like that. So she was, like, well-loved in her own community. Um, it was, their house is one of the most expensive ones in the city. So... When Kenny moved in under this false name of Manny, he didn't really socialize with the other tenants and he wouldn't let the housekeepers in to clean his room. So the initial plan was for Kenny and Sante to defraud Silverman in an attempt to gain ownership of her house. <laughs> they were found to be in possession of her tax returns, health care information, and a property deed. At the time, and this is in the 90s, the home was valued between 7 to $10 million. Damn. Oh, fuck. That shouldn't be in the... I'm looking at it. Yeah. So they were trying to steal it out from up under her, but when that didn't work, they decided to kill her instead. How is killing her going to get you the house, girl? It must have made sense to them because that's a really sharp left to take. Yeah. Um, she was paralyzed after being shot in the head with a stun gun and then strangled by Kenny. A reminder, this is an elderly woman. Like mm-hmm. She was pretty old at this time. I forget exactly how old, but... She definitely, like, wasn't fighting back, so I don't know why it had to be all this. And then um, he strangled her. They wrapped her body in garbage bags, stuffed her in a suitcase, and supposedly discarded it at a construction site somewhere in New Jersey. Her body was never recovered either. What? Yeah. I mean, I guess construction site, there could have been a lot of things going on. Yeah, and I read at some point that after they were arrested for this, Kenny did try to, like, guide them to the construction site to recover it, but they just could never find it. Mm -hmm. So Irene's disappearance caused a stir because, like I said, she not only was super, super rich and, like, you know, well-known, she was well-liked. Like, people gave a fuck that she was missing. Um, so during the case, Sante was indicted for possession of weapons, forged documents, stolen property, robbery, attempted robbery, grand larceny, attempted grand larceny, eavesdropping, and second-degree murder. Eavesdropping? Yes. And I love that that's a crime. <laughs> she was ear hustling. got tried for it. Um, so, yeah. In 1999, she does, Sante does an interview for 60 Minutes, which was pretty interesting we should all watch it later actually and she was also officially charged with the murder of david Katzen as well so they connected that murder to her mm. eventually sante and kenny were found guilty of all 118 counts brought against them including the second degree murder of irene silverman who kept a notebook of her suspicions of sante and sante's notebook detailing the crime partly due to the fact that sante kept very detailed notes and lists detailing her exploits so this is two parts so Irene kept a, a notebook or a diary or journal or whatever. Basically, like, she had put some things in there about Sante, but she had also said that, like, this supposed Manny character was creepy and she didn't like him. She had been planning to evict him anyway. Um, and then Sante, I don't know. why. I don't understand why criminals do this. <sighs> Just broke it's, down everything. It's baffling to me. Everything. So, of course, <laughs> when they got that, they were like, okay, girl, you're going to jail. Um, she was sentenced to 120 years in Bedford Hills Correctional Facility in New York. And then in 2001, Sante's first son, Kent, wrote a tell-all memoir about his mom and his brother called Son of a Grifter. Sante later died in prison in 2014 at the age of 79, which was like two weeks ago. That was not that long ago. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. I want to read 
um, son of a grifter. You said she passed away? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. She passed away. I think her other son is still in prison, if I'm not mistaken. We would have to look that up. And then Kent is like, I don't want no parts on any of this bullshit. Here's my book. Put me on the New York Times bestseller list and leave me alone. Damn. Well, yeah. he got out at just the perfect time because she's gonna have him doing getting caught up in that shit. In murders. In murders. This game shit was cool because like right, yeah. we were having a good time. Until yeah. Started yeah, and then we started to be like, well, slavery. Never mind. I thought she was amazing. Never mind. KKK. Right. I thought she was goals, <laughs> but oh, <laughs> turned out. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah. I mean, and to have your kids out here killing people—that's just very wild. Because you don't want to do the dirty work. Killing little old ladies, right? Like Aaron's story last week—that was way worse. Oh well, I don't know if I can say worse, but that was that was gruesome. Yeah, that was Aaron's story last week. Terrible. It was. Another thing, though, I noticed though, and I wanna—I wanna see if there's like a study on this or something like that. But like, what is it with white people whenever they want a fresh start, they always go to like? A country of black and brown people, or like, you know, mm. like, they always want to be around like indigenous people, or they always want to be around, like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, like them going fresh to start, Hawaii. let's go to Hawaii, fresh start, let's go to Bahamas. The Heather Mack story, oh, fresh start, let's go to Bali. Yeah, like, girl, go to Maine, <laughs> not Maine, <laughs> there? To, where even is that? <laughs> move to, I don't know, Vermont or Nantucket or what the fuck, South they make Dakota. White I don't know where any of these places are, and I'm not even making a show. <laughs> Maine is right there at the top. It's the mitten. Yeah, I don't know nothing past the elf. <laughs> What's I the elf? The elf? Let me I was going to say, what, what are you talking okay, about? I got so you get so you get up to New York, and then like right above that is like a little. It's like a little. It's like a little top Florida. I don't know what to call it. I'm trying <laughs> to do like a little Florida. hand, but like, I can't do it. It's the elf. L O L. The elf is like the elf. Midwest. Somebody has his little hat. That's his face. His little red shirt and his blue pants and his black boots. And that's the pan and that's the Kentucky Fried Chicken. Please. <laughs> Somebody made a TikTok about it. That's the only reason why I know that. Yeah, I don't know nothing past the elf. We'll put this on our Instagram so y'all can see what we talk about. <laughs> um, everything else over there is uh, corn in California. But that's what I'm saying. But like, yeah. the, I think the main reason why you don't know about it is because niggas don't be there. No, like, they don't. True. I mean, unless it's like Kanye. Doesn't Kanye got like a home in, in Wyoming, Wyoming or some shit like that? But like, but niggas don't does really he be there. count? No. <laughs> <laughs> don't. <laughs> don't have to get our shit shut down. Never. Uh, oh, right. We'll take it. We'll take it back. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll take shit back. Not really. Not really. Time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's what I'm saying. Move where there's hella white. Like, why can't you get a fresh start around other white people? Is it is that it? they want black and brown people to like take care of them? Maybe. Or maybe they see like low key like oppressed people have their shit together or something like that, and white people is I don't know like it's, it's very know. weird to me because I'm I if I want a fresh start I mean I know a lot of black people do this for safety like they'll be like oh you know this neighborhood is too dangerous or this environment is too sick let's move out to fucking bumblefuck nowhere or let's move to I don't know Colorado or something you know sometimes yeah. back in the day before Compton was like a hood mm-hmm. I'm gonna just be honest and say I think it's because they don't want to go somewhere boring like you've lived a whole life of crime I don't want to go to Idaho <laughs> like what is, what's there for me like that's not spicy yeah. enough that's true I want to be somewhere I can get into some shit mm-hmm. and Idaho yeah. is not giving that mm-hmm. there's not a lot of like white places that are fun I'm trying to think that's very true like Houston Land and Vegas I need those that, that energy you're right I think you might. I think you might have got it with that one. 
<laughs> so that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, I'm not. They're just trying to have a good time. Yeah. In the prairies. They want eat some good food. Yeah, spicy. Food. That's what they need. <laughs> they say, I want some. I want some seasoning. Goddamn it. <laughs> Sometimes Indian. I need her to just make some tikka and scam, but like on a mid level, stop hurting people. Yeah. It was good until you started killing people. Like I feel like she, like, I, and I'm speculating, that she didn't really love that she was Indian. She probably didn't. That may be the case. I mean, I can only imagine being adopted by, like, rich white people and not being around your culture because your dad either mm-hmm. died or been in your family, which is unclear. Mm-hmm. Um, and having to assimilate in the 40s. I mean, even her son, what was his fake name? It sounded, it sounded kind of like Latinx. Manny something something something. Manny Guerrero. Yeah. 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 That was the name he gave. Because he also had dark hair. And there's plenty of pictures of him. We can put some on the Insta um, out there. He looked a little, he looked very creepy. I was about to say a little creepy. He looks very creepy. (laughs) (laughs) Like, don't hold back. Yeah. (laughs) Let me not lie. But yeah, that's the story. Wow. I forgot a lot of that. Yeah. Me too. As I'm reading it, I'm like, whoa. Wow. I forgot about slavery. Yeah, <laughs> like, that was a shock. Very spicy. And I forgot about how much uh, arson she got away with. A lot. I don't get human trafficking when you got money. Just pay them. They listen. They do it for shits and giggles. I just. It's for entertainment. I feel like it's sick. But also the fact that the firemen in Hawaii were like, "Yeah, no, she definitely burned this house down." And they were like, "Well, yikes!" And nobody ever. It just seems like she got got so many passes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they probably just did it. Oh yeah, she cute. She married. She's she's. Born I don't want to deal with her. Just give her the money. Yeah, ridiculous. I mean, that's one of the privileges of being an unassuming white woman, I guess. True. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking. But that one was kind of. I don't know if we can call it. It did. It heavy. It did. A lot of ups and downs. All right. Well, we'll be back with Should This Be A Time? Yeah. <laughs> hey, y'all. Um, we are back with Should This Be A Crime? And in case you didn't notice, the sound quality is probably a little different. We had to record this section virtually. So the rest of the podcast will have, or the rest of this episode will have, um, this quality. If it bothers you too much, we don't blame you to uh, skip to the end, but um, we hope that you stick around because I think this is going to be a good one. We have a lot of <laughs> things to talk about. Yeah. First of all, Kanye. <laughs> As yeah. per usual. He always, it's, some, it's something with him every fucking week. Every week. Like, and you keeping all of us busy. You keeping all of us, you keep everybody at TMZ with a job. Right. <laughs> and TMZ's checks by himself at this point. Okay. And the captions. So did, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say in the caption. What were you about to say? I was gonna say, how do y'all feel about North being on TikTok? I personally, I mean, as long as there's parent supervision, I don't think it's, there's anything wrong with it. I yeah. feel like because people have you know Instagrams for their kids all the time, and it's like ran by the parents of so and so. If it's not ran by the kid and it doesn't include anything like pornographic, I think that it's fine. But there's a lot of people saying that an eight year old should not be online at all, and I guess they've never been on TikTok. So, I mean, the thing is, TikTok is a kid's app, like, and that's the reason why it's always been so like heavily censored. You know, you can't post a whole lot of stuff on TikTok supposedly. 
They try to keep it that way for children. I'm not saying children should have TikToks. But you're also talking about a family who's lived their entire life on television. Mm-hmm. Like we're drawing a line at TikTok. Like, I just don't think it's that deep if Kim's, like, keeping an eye on it. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, and, and the name is literally Kim and Norris. And I feel yeah. like I don't think any of them as an entire family posts on any social media without it going through, like, multiple channels. So right. it's not like North is just, I mean, I know there was that issue with the uh, TikTok live, but mm-hmm. I think Kanye is just mad that he isn't like around for every little decision, which is so interesting because for the past two years, he be, he's been living like in a completely different state while, mm-hmm. while Kim's been raising the kids. And now all of a sudden that they're going through this divorce, he wants to be like in the mix, but hey, right. <laughs> Also, just uh, being petty, like, you decided to marry one of the world's most famous white women who has her own reality TV show. But now, exactly. you know, your kid being exposed like that. Your kid's not exposed when the paparazzi be hunting them down. Like, Wasn't so that nigga literally, literally born on TV? Like, what? Who? Yes. Oh, my God. I don't know that episode of the show. Like, oh, Lord. Her yes. whole entire life has been on TV. She's been a it would be episode. one thing if, like, she literally was never on the show and it was, like, a thing, like, she is not allowed to be on the show. And then all right. of a sudden she's in the public light with TikTok. But she's all over the damn show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And has been from the very beginning. So this caption, so he posted a picture of, I guess, like, him texting somebody or so. I think or, it was Kim's cousin. It says, send me Kim's number. So he texted Kim's cousin and said, send me Kim's number. And it says, yesterday, Kim accused me of putting a hit out on her. So let me get this straight. I begged to go to my daughter's party, and I'm accused of being on drugs. Then I go play with my son, and I take my Akira graphic novels, and I'm accused of stealing. Now I'm being accused of putting a hit on her. These ideas can actually get someone locked up. They play like that with black men's lives, whether... It's getting them free or getting them locked up. I'm not playing about my black children anymore. You don't give a fuck about being black. You don't care you about don't that care shit. About- Is he said his black children, sir. Oh my God. You went out of your way to have these biracial children. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and dress them up like homeless, like they homeless. I cannot. He, he only wants to talk about being black when he thinks that it'll help him in whatever situation. Yes. Oh my god. That is just trifling. Yeah. Not my black children, sir. And he thinking like black people gonna rally behind him on this shit. Like, okay, yeah, that keeping people's kids away from, you know, the the parent that is deemed like abusive or a danger to the kids or whatever's going on, that's a whole other conversation. Cause that seems to happen to men a lot. But what? I don't know. I just don't even know what to say about that because you never even, he's never even mentioned blackness or talked about his blackness at all this entire time. And now all of a sudden you blithy black and he's just a struggling black man out here who can't see the kids. Like, I'm not just, trying to take the Kardashians by any means. Like, we all know they're problematic as fuck and always have been and always will be. But one thing that's always been poor to them is that they like to co parent with whoever they have children with. Mm-hmm. Like, that's like, Kim, I remember Kim distinctly saying that, like, she really appreciated the way Chris and Rob, like, were able to always stay friends. And, like, how Chloe's mirrored that with Tristan. And, like, even when they're at their worst, Chloe never keeps that baby away from Tristan. Even if she arguably should. Because they know Good, shit. right. 
But I mean, like, I just don't really believe. I don't know. It's, I find it a little difficult to believe that Kim just don't want him to be around the kids. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, I, there's clearly a lot more going on. Especially with all the sh- all the stuff that she's been putting up with over the past couple of years. Yeah. Like, if, sh- if she really wanted to keep the kids away from him, I'm sure something would have been put into place a long time ago. Right. My girl's half a lawyer. <laughs> Not half a lawyer. Not the baby bar. True. The baby bar. <laughs> Yeah, no. I wonder. I wonder Please. why. I, I really, if she is keeping the kids away from him, I wonder why. Like, is it? Is it like some new film? Like some new show that they shoot in, and they need some drama? Like, is he actually like being a danger to the kids? Like, what's really going on? I mean, this feels like manic behavior, and I'd be nervous too. Yeah, like you come see the kids at the house with me and Pete. <laughs> <laughs> right, they do step daddy. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know from from the past. I don't feel like who do shit like this, who like intentionally go out of their way to have kids by white women, and then this happens. I'd be like, well, I mean, (laughs) I mean, Kim Kim put up with a lot more shit than I would have. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, just just based off of like over like the election cycle, and then his tweets and stuff. And I mean, oh, how, like, I, it just doesn't make any sense. And then I feel like yeah, okay. him, him putting all this stuff out publicly, like he's doing that on purpose to try to like tarnish something or get people to support him. When like, if you really wanted to have a say in what your kids do, then you have to go through the the court that's how it works when people get divorced like you go through custody things and make everything like super clear to where if it was made like you sign a contract that you that your kids don't get on tiktok then kim could actually get in trouble for it but it doesn't seem like that's what it is it just seems like he's just like (laughs) i don't know making an issue out of everything and putting it on social media and I, i do feel bad for kim even though I don't know all the particulars, because I mean it could be something way different than what we're seeing. But from what yeah. I know, I feel bad for her and the children. They're old. I mean, yeah. North is on TikTok. She could probably see this shit. It's all over. Oh TikTok. yeah, for sure. yeah, yeah. So. That's really embarrassing. You know, at the end of the day, I wonder why if he wanted to be so involved. Like, why did he leave? Like, like you were saying earlier, like he's been living. How long has he been in Wyoming or whatever? Two years. A couple of years. But did y'all see that he bought the house across the street from her? Yeah. All this weird antagonistic behavior. Like, I would be afraid for my life, too, if, like, someone started moving, like, really strangely like that. Like, <laughs> right. what, what is the motive, sir? Like, what is going on? Are you moving in there just to watch me? Right. And watch me. That's what I'd assume. Or, may, or might not be doing. I don't know. It might be a publicity, <laughs> a publicity relationship. What's she going in? My cat's eating my Mexican food. <laughs> yeah i'm looking at the rest of the post i mean it just looks like he's been talking to her cousins i'm one of her well according to his post i guess one of her cousins like agrees with him which pause like i didn't know white people had cousins like that's weird <laughs> yeah that, what anyway. what is something that isn't black but feels black cousins <laughs> <laughs> not cousins <laughs> oh my god um yeah, it says, well, the cousin allegedly said, hi, how are you? Hope all is well with you and the kids. I saw your post on Instagram and TikTok and your daughter. 
I'm happy to share what I know about that since I'm a single mom and want to keep my kids off the internet. Call me or let me know if you want some information. Hope to see you all soon. And then he texted, I don't feel like talking about it anymore. And then he said something about like being dragged into a dark world. Now my kids are getting dragged in. And they said, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to upset you. He said, I'm not upset. Um, they said, is it safe to buy Yeezys on StockX? I'm like, <laughs> what? This doesn't make any sense. You just shifted from keeping kids off the internet to buying Yeezys off StockX. We'd love to see you and the kids soon. Don't Do we think these are real texts? I don't know. Because like, look. Oh, no. That's a, yeah, that's a very, that's a very hard shift. So I don't know. Then he says, don't ask me about Yeezys right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. I hope, um, I hope. Kanye's black children are okay. That's my main focus. Yeah. yeah like, those black they children. Are black. And they are children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So what's going on with um, Joe Rogan? Apparently a bunch of different like videos surfaced of him being fucking racist and like now people and spreading misinformation. And so now people are trying to like take their music off of um, Spotify and protest. I just don't understand why people are surprised at this point. Right. I don't be surprised by nothing anymore. Yeah. Like a white man was racist. Oh my God, what? And they have like a nigger compilation. Like he literally. Not a niggerlation. No, for real. It's a compilation of him saying the N word like a bunch of, bunch of times. And these people still, like his fans are still rude of him. Uh, but of course, like. Um, I just found an article that shows all the people who have left. For some of the people who have left Spotify, I yeah. don't really know know a lot of these names, but Neil Young, Joni Mitchell, David Crosby, Stephen Stills, and Graham Nash, and Indy Ari. Indy Ari, really? Yeah, Indy Ari. Mm-hmm. So there's this video, and it's basically this white man um, that he had as a guest, in addition to the N word shit, who was basically saying that black people supposedly have a gene that makes makes us more aggressive and makes us uh, more violent. And as people get further and further away from Africa, as they become European and Asians, um, they become less uh, associated with the gene or like they like, I guess, breed it out. And that makes European and Asians um, less aggressive. Um, I only saw the clip. (laughs) But we're just like, okay. My thing is though, like, even if he, disagreed or was like neutral why are you having this person on your platform to talk about this and spread misinformation in that way like, he has like the largest po- podcast in the world or something like that <laughs> I'm, i wild. think that that like yes like I the most viewed, viewed or listened or whatever okay somebody says the clip is deceptively edited um, maybe the person was on it just to talk about it, and then like they disagreed with the with the the claim or whatever. But I don't know. Regardless, he says the n word counts yeah, most enough for them to make a, a an edit with it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I know you listen to the read. Well, I'm not sure if you caught up, Aaron, but. I'm of this, the same mind as like Kid Fury and Crystal on this one. It's like, I don't find this shocking. I'm yeah. not like taken aback by it. It's one of those 
things that's going to continue to happen. People should be held accountable. And that's also just other white people's jobs. I mean, they're pulling their music off the platform and uh-huh. shit like that. And it's just like, I don't know. We, we could definitely be prioritizing something else. I'm just sick of, I don't know. I don't really know where I'm going with this thought. I just, yeah, Joe Rogan's racist. <laughs> like, new I mean, flag. he's a super powerful white man. Literally nobody is gonna, they're not gonna do anything to him. It's not gonna affect him at all. Yeah. You just got him more listened. And Spotify know what they're doing. Yeah. And they're not gonna be held accountable either. Like, until people like Beyonce and Rihanna start pulling their music off of Spotify. Right. It's really not going to change anything. Because I love NDRE down. I like, love NDRE. <laughs> but that is not going to stop anybody from listening to Spotify or using Spotify as a platform. Right. But yeah. Who else showed they ass this weekend? Who show? Candy. How, oh how yeah, I'm I'm most disappointed in her. I really am because I love her. It was so unprompted, like we were talking about earlier. Like it just came out of nowhere. Like, girl, why are you even? Yeah, was she, <laughs> did she like have too much to drink or like? It was very like, dramatic. It was strange. It was strange. <laughs> like she, what was she? I, I'm I'm trying to figure out what she was responding to or. What okay, for the, people, the, for the people who haven't seen it, <laughs> what? Oh, she po- okay, so she posted a video crying, like, she was, like, in tears, bawling over the fact that, you know, her being light-skinned or her being biracial, whichever one she was crying about, um, gave her, you know, privilege over darker-skinned women. And she began it by saying, you know, it hurts me that, you know, women who look like my mom um, feel that I've you know, taking things from them. I've taken their acting roles. I've taken their men and stuff like that. And at some point in the video, she also said, like, I'm sorry that I was the one chosen and all this extra shit. And uh, there's also another clip where she was like, um, she believes being light skinned has been more problematic for her than being. And she used air quotes. She said it's more problematic than being black. <laughs> and she used air quotes. Yes, there's a second part. That's what I was trying to tell you earlier. And she also said that in the UK, she was, she was dark skinned. And so when she came to the US, she felt like she faced more prejudice, specifically from African-American women. So she put the, the onus, like the, the prejudice that she's received, the hate she's received is supposedly all because of black women, first and foremost, and said that she didn't understand that what it meant to be light skinned. But in the same clip, in the same breath, saying that her mom is darker skinned. So you understand colorism. Also, there are dark skinned niggas in the UK. None of this is making sense, girl. Like, what What are you trying to do right now? Oh, that's just not how colorism works. Exactly. <laughs> like, it don't work on a slide scale like that. Like, you got it. At all. <laughs> and you're acknowledging that you have the privilege. Like, you got the roles. You do be getting chose. So what are you crying about? Because niggas are rightfully trying to address colorism. It's like, African of Caribbean niggas in the UK. Like, lots. Plenty. <laughs> I'm just, I'm trying to. She is like, not considered dark skin anywhere. No. Listen, absolutely fuck not. She's like one of the like how white, like dark white people be like, I'm olive toned. Like, is that what you mean? Because that's not dark skin, <laughs> like at all. Not olive toned. She's barely that. Like, come on, sis. That's and then to qualify by saying you got hate from African American women. I feel like that was so you got you got hate from African American women, but you didn't get hate from white people. 
You didn't like that. <laughs> Someone said, Is she like feeling bad for herself? Yes. She's making herself the victim in this conversation. And someone tweeted, they were like, I feel like, you know, Sandy Wave, like reclaiming her Africanized name and like having these light skin tears. Like somebody must have called her nigga with a hard ER and she was just shook. And now she's having a moment of reckoning because like, <laughs> where did this come from? Probably Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> she heard him say the N-E-R-I-G-G-E-R. Right. Like, oh, me? <laughs> How are you going to say like more problematic than being black. Being black is not problematic. Like, also, what is that sentence? <laughs> what is? Yeah, I'm. I'm confused. I'm genuinely confused. Like, what? So, what did you get more of because you're you're light skinned? Um, and I'm not saying that light skinned people don't have struggles because of white supremacy. We all know it. But on the, I guess, like scale of you know being a white person and being a very darker skinned black person, like what, where would you put yourself and why would you put yourself behind darker skinned people? What did you experience that they don't experience? You know what I mean? Like, right. I don't know. Cause you're still it's getting weird. the roles. You're still getting the opportunities. You're still getting the access. You're still getting the resources because you are lighter skinned. And you British girl. You got a British accent. And you British. Stop so it's like, she's this whole taking body. every single one of those roles. Mm-hmm. Right. I doubt she ever and, said no. Right. Bitch was in beloved. And whose man are you taking when you've been married to a white man since 1998? Like, there was no reason to include that. There was no one. Whatsoever. It just felt like a dig. You know what I mean? Like, it, it gives, like, oh, black women hate me because I'm so light-skinned and beautiful. And, like, the men want me. But, like, you're not taking <laughs> That is exactly what it was. Their boyfriends love me. They love me so much. My fair skin and my loose three-seat curls. <laughs> it's so hard for me. She really so said taking all their men. She said, I'm sorry. Listen, like, she, she letting us know that bitch been smashing everybody nigga on the side. You better, mm, you right. better ask your man if he's a film producer, is he a script supervisor? Because he probably done fucked with Tandy Way. And she letting y'all know. Like, I just, Why did she, she do this to herself? Why? Nobody like said, I'm sorry. I'm the one chosen. My mom looks like you. And started sobbing into her hand on camera. Was she upset she had a dark, she has a dark skinned mom? I don't know what she was trying to make with that point. Like, I don't, I don't. I'm, I'm saying, when did darker skinned women say all this? When, because like, I love that. if they've been saying it over the years, that's one thing. But like, so you recently got on Twitter and then like you saw a succession. Because all I see is people praising Tandy, like, especially because of Westworld. Like, all I ever see mm-hmm. is Dan. So where are you getting all this hate from is what I'm trying to see. Yeah, I've never seen anybody dragging her yeah, no. ever, but before now, because now her mentors right. are in shambles. Oh my but god, she, she did this to herself. Like what? What? Like just get off your phone. Why did you do that? It was an interview with some uh, news outlet. Like it's a, a legitimate interview. Did they ask her a question specifically about colorism? Well, it's a Zoom interview, and so the clip that I saw, I didn't see what conversation was happening before the clip started. Uh-huh. So okay. maybe we can uh, find that because I'm curious. Yeah. It just felt like it came out of nowhere. It definitely did. So it says she plays a woman confronting white hunters in the Sundance film God's Country. She says she struggled with a different type of prejudice in the U.S. as a light-skinned Black British act- actor. So she tried to draw some parallels, and wow, did she fuck up? Yeah, she fucked up real bad. I mean, this bitch has tears streaming down her face. I just would like to see it. I'm not even going, 
I'm not even going to say that none of these light-skinned bitches have ever really gone through shit, but I want to see it. Like, you're giving a lot of grace, friend, because it's the, not... They getting their ponytails not. cut off. They getting beat up. And, you know, like, these dark-skinned women hate me and stuff like that. Like, I just... Where the receipts? Because I promise you, like, the dark-skinned women, dark-skinned men, like, have all the receipts. I'm talking about denial of, like... We have statistics saying that people right. get higher jail sentences when they get hired less, like mm-hmm. less access to resources and housing, you know, shit like that. They even treat it worse in grade school and it puts them right on the school to prison pipeline, like immediately. Even dating apps. Dating apps can show you the data that says, you know, darker skinned black women are the least chosen them along with Asian men. Um, that's very random, by the way, mm-hmm. um, on these on these dating apps. So where's where's the numbers? Where's the, the matchup? Because we know that light-skinned women suffer under white supremacy, but under dark-skinned supremacy? Like, is that what y'all trying to say? Like, I don't know what's going on. And like, the thing that she's referencing as, like, the the thing that's hurting her was is the fact that darker-skinned women feel like she's, they're, she's taking something from them. And it's... <laughs> Girl, what you taking? Like, I'm sorry, you I, maybe you're feeling like you, you don't have community in a particular way. Yeah. And I'm so sorry for you in that regard. But that is not like you being cast out from society. Like, that is <laughs> not. not you losing job. That is not you losing money. Like, yeah, it, it doesn't equate mm-hmm. to anything tangible. Like, you know what I mean? In the same ways that actual colorism harms people. Like, yeah. your feelings are hurt. Okay. Like, girl, get over it. <laughs> I could literally see if she said, like, oh, colorism looks differently in the UK. Because, like, apparently, like, half of the relationships in the UK are, like, uh, interracial relationships and stuff like that. You could talk about that. There's so much other shit that you... And I think, like, what her mom is, like... Her mom is, like, Zimbabwean or something Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. So, like, you can talk about the shit that your mama struggled through in the UK. Like, the struggles that she went through to get you where you are. Like, there's so much other experience that she could have drawn from... But instead, it always comes back to darker skinned women and it always comes back to darkest black American, like dark skinned women. And positioning them as the villains. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, did they, did they spit on you when you hopped off the plane? Like, did they throw eggs at your house? I'm trying to figure out what the fuck happened, you know? Like, so. But I love her. I hope she's, I don't know, read a couple books or something. No, nah, I'm good off her because I ain't never seen somebody <laughs> sob so shamelessly over being a amazing actress in the u.s like literally that's what it boiled down to like you're crying what are you crying about what are you crying that about? bitch was acting down she she said my mom <laughs> did you see this boot my video? Mom? <laughs> i have to show you this other video later. that's a spook video <laughs> the spook video is hilarious oh my god yes i can't even repeat the things in it because i'm like yes but it <laughs> was fucking funny oh no Definitely need to see that. Oh my god! All right, yeah, that's the anyway. Last but not least, or on, is this the last? Because you know the non-blacks been acting up. Non-blacks been showing their ass. Aquafina, Aquafina issued a "You niggas." Um, it was an, a a non-apology, and she said, "You niggas need to leave me alone." Okay, I'm Asian, um, and I love hip hop. And that is where I got my fake accent from. Even though her fake accent sounded like Chris Rock in the 90s. Stop. You know, have you know? Okay, so all we talk- love shopping. <laughs> it does. <laughs> yes, we talked about this before. We did. And how 
I'm offended. You don't made it on our show twice, and we ain't even hit our twentieth episode, bitch. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Please like, sit down somewhere. That's exactly. Goodness. You get all these opportunities, and this is what you're famous for. I just don't understand why she keeps bringing it up at this point. If you, especially if you're not gonna apologize for real. So who's her publicist? Uh, basically, what she put out a statement. What was it that you were reading earlier? Was that a statement? Let me read some some highlights. <laughs> she basically said, you know, the history of cultural appropriation and there's a socio-political context to everything, especially the historical context of the African-American community in this country. And it's like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. We've been marginalized, institutionalized, law enforcement, all this extra shit. Like, we know this. We know this. Mm-hmm. We the ones getting locked the fuck up. We the ones getting shot in the ass, girl. You don't have to tell us. Like, so... That kicking it off was like real sideways to me. Um, But as a non-Black POC, I stand by the fact that I will always listen and work tirelessly to understand the history and context of AAV. Hard stop right there because it's not a language, girl. It's, I mean, it's a dialect. It definitely does have its own structure and has rules, which is why you shouldn't be diving into it because it's not yours to, to get to know or to understand the historical context of. Right. Let niggas just be niggas. Like, why am I even talking to you? <laughs> so you could, you hopping on Duolingo trying to learn Duolingo. You trying to learn. Hey, Stop. Hey, <laughs> Repeat after me. <laughs> I, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> These bitches are delirious. I can't. <laughs> oh, anyway, so yeah, it's not for you to fucking understand. And then um, she said, but I must emphasize to mock, belittle, or to be unkind in any way possible at the expense of others. Now, she basically underlined, bolded, she used all the different things in words. Italicized. Yeah. <laughs> she used all of the inserts on Word 2007. She said, <laughs> simply not my nature. It never has and it never was. My immigrant background allowed me to carve an I- American identity off the movies and TV shows that I watched. I'm pretty sure you watched plenty of white movies, so... Right. But you... Okay, cool. You're not speaking like Audrey Hepburn. <laughs> like come on like (laughs) we're preaching today like and it says i think as a group asian americans are still trying to figure out what that journey means for them which is real like the immigrant experience is real and i understand that i've been around non-black people who who move straight to fucking i don't know south atlanta morrow whatever and so they pick up certain affectations from black people but the thing is, again, non-Black people don't see Black people as human. They don't see us as intelligent. So they don't think that we know the difference. We know the difference between a non-Black person who's been around niggas their whole life and a bitch who, I don't know, watched one stand-up special from Chris Rock um, and just ran with that. That's not how we sound. Right. And as a lot of Black people on Twitter have pointed out, AAV is regional, is generational. I don't sound like my grandma. Right. I don't sound right. like my cousin. So, like, why do y'all feel the need to break our identities down so that you can pick, you know, your favorite parts and participate in them, you know? Mm -hmm. It's really fucking weird, and nobody's allowed to do that to any other culture. We can't do that to Chinese people. We literally cannot. We would get canceled immediately. Yeah. And we only got, like, a few hundred listeners. They'll be like, uh, cease and desist, (laughs) nigga. Uh, We're not fucking with y'all no more. You're not on Spotify. You're not on fucking Amazon or whatever the fuck. Shut it down. 
Yeah. So, yeah, it's very fucking weird that they're allowed to do that to us. And not saying we want to do that to other people, but it's really fucking weird. But anyway, yeah, it's a mess. The bitch is retiring from Twitter. So she is. Yeah. She's leaving Twitter like permanently. To clarify, I am retiring from the ingrown toenail that is Twitter, not retiring from anything else, even if I wanted to. And I didn't drunkenly hit someone with a shoehorn now es- and now escaping as a fugitive. Also, I, I am available on all of the socials that don't tell you to kill yourself. Oh, boo fucking who, girl. Somebody told me what? To I'm a bit confused. Just stop talking. I Okay. Whatever. <laughs> not, I don't got nothing else to say. Just shut so, up. Whatever also, happened to the actors that just acted and lived their lives? Right. My thing is, you can have opinions. There are also going to be consequences for those opinions. Yeah. Like, if you choose to continue to address this, of course, niggas are still going to be talking about it. If you don't want your opinions talk, are racist, and we're going to tell you. Right. <laughs> if you don't want to talk about mm. it no more, then don't talk about it no more. You you are free to tweet about whatever you want to tweet about. You chose to put this, as Kid Fury would say, iOS press release on your Twitter, <laughs> and of course, niggas <laughs> is going to quote retreat quote tweeted and drag you because <laughs> it's well deserved like what did you expect to happen next <laughs> my thing is too though like when did black become the thing to like play with like when did it become the thing to like be i would argue that it's always been that way in one form or another it's really fucking weird it's like it's- people are really tanking their careers trying to to do this thing that nobody wants to do or nobody wants, nobody wants to be black. Nobody wants the, the curls. Don't nobody want the, the melanin. Don't nobody want the relationship with, you know, the military industrial complex or the, you know, prison, the prison systems or nothing like that. You know what I mean? Like all of this, just like the bullshit that comes with it. Nobody is like thinking about that. So like, why are you taking these small parts and then just tank like, Staking your entire identity on them. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is like the third or fourth time she's been in the press and it's she's gone viral for several days because of this. And Specifically this, like, this issue. For an accent that's not even that good. Just be honest. You did a black scent that was absolutely fucking terrible thinking that shit was funny and it's not. That's all you had to say. That's all, all you had to say. It. As simple as that. Like, in my youth, I made some comedic choices that were mm-hmm. insensitive. I have since learned. I appreciate the emotional labor of everyone trying to teach me. And I have taken the time to really sit down, absorb, research, and, you know, go inward and meditate on what that, how that could harm people. Like, it, mm-hmm. it really could be as simple as that. And niggas are so forgiving. That's what really gets on my nerves about mm-hmm. other groups of people doing shit to Black people. Because Black people will always forgive you. Mm-hmm. Like, always. All you gotta do is really be sorry. Like exactly, black it. people. Black people are not hard up. Like we're not. I mean, it is a lot of hard up niggas, but like black people are not hard hearted like that. They all they want is a fucking apology and understanding. Yeah, so I'm I mean, we just we don't have the capacity to hold a grudge. So apology, move on, and we'll all move on. You'll be in another movie, and right. that's it. <laughs> you got a long term Marvel contract. Like you are in the MCU now. Uh-huh. You gonna eat. Exactly. For the rest of your fucking life, if you really know how to play your money. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You can literally never act again off that shit. So. But. <sighs> bitches are weird. Jail. Damn. <laughs> a lot happened this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot happened this week. I don't know. I Maybe I just love Tandy too much, but I feel like for her, she could get a, like, a strong citation and some community service and she'll be okay. The rest of these niggas, Jail. 
Kanye jail. Joe Rogan, send him to the gulag. Like, send him, send him to the labor camp. Aquafina jail. Yeah. I just feel like it's not my place to forgive Tandy because I am also light skinned. So, you know, I That's would like to have a very strongly worded conversation with her. I think she really fucked up and I don't <laughs> think it's cool at all. I just don't understand how she took and put herself at the center of a conversation that made zero sense. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens next. I'm interested to see like what her next step is because I feel like that's going to tell a lot. Yeah. Because if if she comes back with some bullshit like Aquafina, I'm going to be like, girl, you have Like, I know you have people, you are a black person, so I know you have black people in your circle that can tell you like, this is not it. Yeah, but I mean, she's also been married to a white man. She probably got a lot of white friends. I wonder if she does have any dark-skinned women or femmes close to her you know what i mean because mm-hmm. yeah. that statement didn't make it seem like it because i if i said like that, i'd be getting cussed out so quick listen tandy if you listen it hire me as your publicist i will get you the fuck straight okay y'all y'all need to hire regular black bitches right for fucking publicity publicity all these white hoes that y'all paying 250 you know 250k or whatever the fuck y'all paying them a year to tell y'all bullshit or to say no comment, I, right. that ain't going to be me. I'm going to put in work, okay? <laughs> but for a check. And I know you got that money because you did Beloved and you did Westworld. <laughs> and I'm only saying that because it's all so fucking like, creepy oh. and Beloved. Oh, that movie's creeping out so much. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, hear, stressful. Whenever I hear say touch, uh, somebody say touch me on the inside. <laughs> what? Like, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. It, that, yeah, that makes me very uncomfortable. <laughs> but, yeah, no. Who, uh, did anybody else violate this week? Is that it? I mean, I think those are the main ones. Yeah, damn. I mean, it's kind of a lot, though. Like, all at one time during the first week of Black History Month. Oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> they said, the niggas are out, and we got to let them know they fucking worthless. Stop. <laughs> it was a write-up. Can't let them have a whole month. No. Hopefully next week will be better. I don't know. We'll see some apologies, or we'll see some better, um, some better behavior. Before the oh 50 cent oh, trend what 50 cent do? as soon as i saw that i was like stop 50 cent vince's frustration on why the power tv universe is yet to be fully recognized oh that's nothing yeah uh, I'm okay. <laughs> okay well if you stuck it out this long with the the iffy sound quality <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening you must really love us <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> we love y'all back make sure you follow us on all our socials 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 we're i and the killer podcast on everywhere except for twitter where it's i and the killer pod and you can find us on spotify apple music one of these days i'm gonna remember a third platform i heard uh, radio yeah. oh, look at you <laughs> look at you i know i like you not pandora though but it's fine <laughs> right. if you listen to it on pandora just hit me up on See y'all next week. Or is it? Yeah. Y'all listen next week. Bye. Bye.